And we're back. I'm Ron Alesco, and this is Traditions, and I am very happy to welcome into our studio a gentleman who's uh, been on the show before. He uh, is a producer. He produced that two incredible, uh, well, he produced the, the co-produced the album, uh, the co- let me start again. Hello, everybody. Well, Hi, Ron. <laughs> our guest today is a, is a wonderful producer. He produced the uh, tribute album to Utah Phillips, uh, and also which, which was nominated for a Grammy Award. Also, the uh, collection Dear Gene, the tribute to Gene Ritchie, which came out last year. He's recorded a couple of solo albums, and he's got a brand new one that we're going to be talking and playing some cuts from today. And it is so nice to have him back in our studio. Please welcome Dan Schatz. Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Ron? I am doing great now. Glad you're here. And uh, I am so excited about your new album. Um, I remember the last time you were here, you actually shared one of the songs that is now featured. That ended up becoming the title song from the album. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I think. Yeah. Well, you're a busy man. I mean, uh, how did you have fine time to to do this recording? Yeah, uh, in my in my day job, quote unquote, I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister. So uh, I actually took a summer sabbatical. I took two months, and um, and just dedicated them mostly to making the recording. And it was last summer. Remember that beautiful, beautiful summer? Yeah. I spent the whole thing in the basement. Oh wow! Making wow. this recording, but we had a had a good time working with some good people. And over the course of the next year, gradually got the thing finished, mixed and mastered, and uh, here it is in front of us. Well, it was a summer well spent. I mean, you may not have seen a lot of daylight last year, but uh, you've certainly given us a wonderful gift. Uh, the new CD is called The Promise of the Sewing. And uh, I'd like to play the title cut, and then we'll talk a little bit more about about the album. But uh, would you like to introduce this one for us and tell us how uh, this song came to be? Well, the song came out, I, it, I wrote it about five years ago when, uh, if you cast your minds back, that was during the uh, oil spill disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. And... As I listened to the news about that, in particular about the uh, fishermen in the Gulf, and particularly the the shrimpers in the Gulf, um, whose livelihoods and entire cultures and ways of life had been devastated, I I started to draw a connection, and I realized that when an oil company dumps crude into the ocean, or when a mine operator blows up a mountain for profit, um, it's not just hurting the earth, it's hurting real people and it's hurting their communities and it is hurting entire ways of life um it's uh and cultural genocide is a strong word but it destroys cultures um and of course the people who are getting hurt are the ones who had the least power to begin with um but i also realized if we all get together maybe there's some things we can do about that and that's how the song came about Down to water's edges in the first light of the sun Where the fishermen are gathered by their moorings Another day of labor on the waters off these shores Is another week of food to raise your children But the river's running empty and the seas are growing warm And the oil they spilled has poisoned all the fisheries The catch is growing smaller till there's nothing left to find But a job at some big box store in the city And remember the years when the 
waters ran clear and the fields restored the promise of the sowing and the breezes blew clean and the warmth of summer's green on ancient hills gave strength to keep us going among the furrows we've plowed these 50 years my father's hands and mine have made a living silver queen in even years and soybeans in the off fed by waters rippling clear from eastern mountains but the hills are being leveled for the coal that lies within and the brooks are flowing black with nature's refuse the soils are wrecked with cadmium they've stripped the ridges bare and we've watched our family's pride all turn to wasteland but remember the years when the waters ran clear and the fields restored the promise of the sowing Summer's green on ancient hills gave strength to keep us going. I won't pretend to understand the reasons for it all, but I know we've wasted years in wrong directions. If the nourishment is stolen from the waters and the soil, how are we to feed the generations? But the answer lies within us and it's only common sense. To soil the pond we live in is disaster. Alone we only crumble, but together we have power to lift our hands and voices for the future and to work for the years when the waters run clear and the fields restored the promise of the sowing and the breezes blow clean and the warmth of summer's green on ancient hills give strength to keep us going and keep us sowing Beautiful song and uh, about a very important subject. You know, as as I was listening to that recording, I, I'm thinking of some of the other ecological songs. Uh, Tom Paxson's "There Goes the Mountain" about yeah. strip mining and and other songs of its ilk that you know remind us of these dangers and also the the inherent beauty that we have. Um, you know, it, I, I guess it's difficult with the song to really. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, some people will say, you know, a song really can't make a change in the world, can't make a difference. But I think it might be different, don't you? Well, one of the things that I learned from working with well, folks like Gene Ritchie and Utah Phillips um, is that the songs of any kind of social issue, any kind of justice issue, um, that seem to have the most power are the ones that tell real people's stories. Mm -hmm. Even if they're kind of fictionalized versions of those 
you know, stories or composites, but the ones that um, ring true because they are authentic in that way. And um, you see that with a Gene Ritchie song like Black Waters, yes. which is just, I mean, devastating in its imagery and has exactly that contrast that you're talking about. The, the beauty of the, of the quails and the mountains and the clear streams and then the tragedy of a, a, a you know, child's grave uh, being buried under, uh, under a blown-up mountain. Um, when, you can, when you can make that connection to real people's lives, I think we're just wired to respond mm-hmm. better and more. That's one of the reasons when I did this album, um, we were just talking uh, during the song, but uh, you know, some people looked at the album and said, well, only three of your own songs are there, and you're a songwriter. Why, why didn't you have more of your own songs? And my thought was I wanted to give space for the people to tell this people's story. So there's a lot of traditional songs. There's songs by other folks who... Um, have ex- a lot of personal experience in farming, fishing, and, and in these areas. And um, I think that that adds it. It's, it's more genuine that way. That adds to it. Absolutely. And, and how did you decide to make this album? I mean, I, I know you, you're a songwriter. You have a lot of different influences. But how did you come up with the idea to make this album? Uh, maybe theme is the wrong word because, you know, there, there are a lot of different topics in here. But... You know, in a way, it, it kind of all flows together. I mean, it seemed like you had a, had a plan as you were doing this. Well, the idea was that it's the farmers, field workers, and fisher folk. Right. Um, and it's their stories. Uh, and it draws a connection because there is a connection with conservation issues. Sure. Um, but it's really the people and the earth that give us our food. Uh, that idea came after writing The Promise of the Sewing. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize, you know, there's a, there's a theme emerging here and actually i think i might have been sitting in a radio studio with some guy named ron (laughs) you know and he said so what's your next project and i said well i don't know maybe i'll do something with this song and work something around that Uh, so so thanks ron anytime anytime let's see we'll we'll work on it for next album before the the show (laughs) (laughs) more work to do all right well no i i I think this is a it's a it's a really lovely album because um you know even though some of these issues may be foreign's again probably the wrong word to use but you know people who may not be touched by an incident like this i think they can kind of take it into their own and and make it something local like uh, for instance for me i mean i I live near a pond and there's a beautiful path and it kills me every time i take a walk around that pond and i see people throwing bottles and little garbage i mean small things compared to the issues that you're you're talking about in that song but again i think songs like that kind of resonate and strike a spark and hopefully get people to uh to do things on a, on a local level. Right. And well, and for me, one of the things was that, um, you know, I asked myself, do I have a right to make this album? Because I'm not a farmer. I'm not a fisher person. I can barely garden. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's my connection with this that gives me the right to do this? And it occurred to me that I really like eating. Uh-huh. And most of us do. And, yes. you know, here we are outside one of the biggest, busiest cities in the world. And every one of us owes a debt to the people who give us our food. So I wanted to make something that would feature those people. And I wanted to do it in a way um, that wasn't only about social justice and wasn't only about environmental issues, although it includes that, um, but that tells real people's stories. Sure. There's a, a traditional tune that you've got on here, um, Bull Weevil Holler. 
which uh, you know when you when you look at it, oh, it's a bow weevil. It's a it's a I remember the children's song when I was a kid. Um, but yet, obviously, that was something that had a huge impact on this country that people don't even... It contributed to the Great Depression. Yeah. And they're still there. They still exist. But it's a little invasive bug, a uh, little yucko thingy, little ugly, ugly thing, um, that came up um, probably over 100 years ago from, uh, from Mexico and into the United States. Uh, this particular song was collected uh, in Alabama from a woman named Vera Ward Hall. First time I saw Bull Weeble sitting on a square. Next time I see him, he had his family there. He had his family there. He had his family there. Next time I see him, he had his family there. Tell me, Mr. Bull Weaver, what is your native home? Way down in the bottoms, among the cotton and the corn. Among the cotton and corn, among the cotton and corn. Way down in the bottoms, among the cotton and the corn. Tell me, Mr. Paul Weaver, where'd you get that great long bill? Way out in Texas, among the western hills. Among the western hills, among the western hills. Way out in Texas, among the western hills.
next time I see him He had his family there He had his family there He had his family there Next time I see him He had his family there And that is Dan Schatz, a lovely recording from his new album, The Promise of the Sewing, and the song Bull Weevil Holler. Uh, just a, an incredible album that's available on Folk Legacy Records. And Dan is with us today, the Grammy-nominated folk singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer, author, minister, and uh, who knows what else you do. Scalawag. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, also a schnorrer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you certainly keep busy, and this this lovely album, um, just you know, we we were going to be playing more songs from it, but um, you you you're, you're doing something with the the album and the royalties. I understand. Well, one one of the things that I'm doing, I'm, I've worked with some of the songwriters, um, those that had the freedom to to do this with their songs, um, to donate uh, songwriting royalties to different organizations uh, that promote environmental or cultural conservation. So. For example, on um, you know Cy Khan's song, Cy uh, is very involved and started a group called Musicians United uh, for Bristol Bay mm-hmm. in Alaska, and so we're donating the uh, royalties from uh, Gone Gonna Rise Again for that. Um, now, for the song that we just played, um, which is a traditional song, um, there are no royalties owed, but I felt like there's a debt owed to that community. So I looked around for an organization that would be appropriate to make a donation to in honor of recording that song and found a, a group called the Southeastern African American Farmers Organic Network. And mm-hmm. I thought, now there is something appropriate right. uh, for a song like that. So that's what I did. We're donating uh, royalties uh, on that song to, to that organization. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I think we're hearing a little feedback. I don't know if you're... Well, let's just let's take, take off these headphones. headphones off yeah. <laughs> just talk. Uh, our transmitter we're going through some uh, some changes here okay i think I'll, i think we're back but you maybe you better stay off I'll, i'm fine okay for those of you at home just pay no attention just listen to what we're about to talk about a- anyway uh dan is is talking about the, this album and the, and the royalties and you know the, the as we look at the cd you know you have a, a mix of a uh, couple of traditional songs songs by other artists a few of your own and uh, we were talking off mic before about uh, one of the tunes, which is a, an old Frank Prophet recording. That, that's, it's that one that he actually wrote, mm-hmm. uh, and he recorded. It's on the Memorial album from Folk Legacy. Ah. Uh, what an honor to record, you know, make this recording on Folk Legacy, which is just about my, my favorite record label of all time. Yes. Um, uh, a lifelong ambition in many ways. Uh, but this song, uh, Poor Man, is one that he wrote quite some time ago. He recorded uh in the 1960s um and what struck me about this song if you listen to the words it talks about a farmer who is facing drought and again mm-hmm. it's one of those songs that tells the story in a very personal visceral way i i went up on the hillside i looked at the sky oh lord i said what makes you let it get so dry and then in the song, that's followed by a rainstorm, which just washes everything away, which is what happens when, when the ground is all dried out. And I can't help but think of what's going on in 
the West, in California, mm. in the Pacific Northwest, they're having a terrible, terrible drought. And uh, it looks like this summer that may be followed by heavy rains, which will refill the aquifers a little bit, not enough, but what it will do is even more damage to a lot of the farmers and a lot of the, the um, farms in that area because it's going to wash away all that loose yeah. topsoil. Frank Prophet didn't know about global climate change. Nobody in the 1960s knew about global climate change. Now we have a name for these things.
don't you cry Things are gonna get better There's not a thing for a poor man in this world. Worked all through the summer. Worked all through the fall. I spent Christmas Day in a pair of overalls. There's not a thing. song written by Frank Prophet, recorded here by Mr. Dan Schatz and this lovely new album, The Promise of the Sewing, which we're talking to Dan about today. Dan's here in our studios on WFUFM. And, uh, you know, you, you had a lot of help on this. You were in a, a basement, you said, last summer, but uh, you must have squeezed a few people in there with you. Well, I did the <laughs> uh, instrumentation myself through the magic of digital recording. So other than a few of the bass parts, all of the instrumentation is me. Um, but we did have a number of people come in to sing on choruses um, for some of these songs. Mara Levine uh, sings on probably about seven or eight of the songs on the album out of the 15. And she, um, as you know, Ron, oh, is yes. just a wonderful vocalist and a wonderful harmony singer. Um, and a real pleasure to work with as yeah. well. She's just, you know, she comes in and she knows what she's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. Um, had... Uh, Kathy Westra and George Stevens come in for a few songs, and they have a new Folk Legacy album also. Um, Kathy knew, for example, the song Donegal very well because she had recorded it with uh, Joe Hickerson way back when on, on uh, um, the album uh, Joe Hickerson, A Gathering of Friends, that I learned the song from. Uh, Kim and Reggie Harris came and sang some. Uh, Kim, and, Kim sang on just one song on Cool of the Day, uh, which I guess we'll play a little bit later, yeah, yeah. and uh, Reggie on a couple of songs. We had a male chorus on uh, Ain't No More Cane on the Brazo. So you know, I really tried to work the harmonies, and I tried to work them a little differently for the different songs. Uh-huh. It, it worked out so well. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it, it flows from song to song, and you know, each one stands on its own, but there's a, as we were talking, there's kind of a, a theme about it, about as you said, it's farmers, farmers, and, field workers, and fisher folk. Yeah, yeah, and um, you just put a wonderful collection together. Which I, you know, I guess from your your previous work doing these tribute albums, uh, 
you know, you you got a feel for for. for doing I have that. gotten used to sequencing albums um, of things that you wouldn't think would go together. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> so you you put something like something in the rain, which which is has a kind of a country style right next to uh, uh, a song of mine called "In the Old Days," which is very New England, and somehow it works. But you have to kind of listen to see does this does this work sonically? Right. Well, we should mention to our audience, uh, they're probably hearing this and wanting to know where they can, can find a copy. Uh, how can they get in touch with you about this? Well, my website is www.danshots.com. Uh, you can order the album. There are various ways to order it. The best way is to order through Folk Legacy Records, uh, which is folk-legacy.com. Or go to the web. if you go to the website, you can also... Uh, you can either order online or you can call the 800 number, and then you get to talk to Caroline Payton, who uh, runs Folk Legacy Records. <laughs> and uh, that is always a delight to do. And uh, I find she usually recommends other good music for me oh, that yeah. I didn't know that I, I really needed. And I did need that. It's it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, it's available digitally. I have to say I love it when people buy actual CDs uh, for a couple of reasons. One... Uh, you're supporting independent music and you're mm-hmm. supporting an independent label like Folk Legacy. Um, but another is you get all of the lyrics and you get the notes and you get everything that comes with the CD. And, and the beautiful cover. Where, now, where was this taken? You know, it's funny. The cover of this album comes from, um, it, it's actually, it's a town in Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half from where I live. And it's a USDA government photo. We were looking for... Really? A good uh. farm photo for the album. I hadn't really taken one that, that worked. Uh, so I, I went online uh, to try to find a photo and found, I typed in royalty-free <laughs> farm photo, you know, and found this thing. And we know it's royalty-free because it's a government photo, and by right. law, it is in the public domain. Um, and uh, Ruthie Logston, who's a, a wonderful graphic designer, worked with it to make it work for the album cover, and, and she just did a great job. Oh, she did, and the, uh, it, it fits so nicely with the inside picture of you. Uh, looks like walking on a, on a farm. In a farm, yeah. in an actual farm. Yeah, if you ever happen to be in uh, my part of Pennsylvania, stop into Chester Springs Creamery. Um, <laughs> they, they have some very, very good ice cream at their farm, Milky Way Farm. You twisted my arm. You had me at ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, good. They're happy cows. You can yeah. eat them. Well, well, speaking of happy, I was very happy when I saw the second cut on your CD. It was a, a Psy Con song, and uh, you talked about Psy before. Um, how did you choose this particular song? Well, first of all, Psy is one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite people, probably one of the most intelligent human beings yes. I have ever met in my life, and I fancy that I've met some pretty intelligent people in my life, but Psy is right up there. Um, he actually also went to my high school, albeit a few uh-huh. decades before I got there. Um, and uh, I mean, this is "Gone, Gonna Rise Again" is such a wonderful song um, of the hopeful side of farming and the legacy that we leave. And that's really important when you make an album like this. It there's a danger of making an entire album of kind of bummer songs because there's a lot of hard luck stories in farming and in fishing. Um, But this is a song of hope, and I thought that was important to include. I remember the year my granddaddy died gone. 
eyes again We dug his grave on the mountainside Gone, gone eyes again I was too young to understand The way he felt about the land But I could read his history in his hands Gone, gone eyes again It's corn in the crib and apples in the bin Gone, gone eyes again Ham in the smokehouse, cotton in the gin Gone, gone eyes again in the barn and hogs in the lot you know he never had a lot but he worked like the devil for the little that he got gone gonna rise again these apple trees on the mountainside gone gonna rise again he planted the seeds just before he died gone Rise again. I guess he knew he'd never see red fruit hang from the tree, but he planted the seeds for his children and me. Gone, gonna rise again. Above my farm gone, gonna rise again I think of my people that have gone home, gone, gonna rise again Like a tree that grows in the mountain ground, the storms of life have cut them down But the new wood springs from the roots underground, gone Rise again, gonna rise again, gonna rise again. Just, just lovely. You did such a nice job on that, Dan. Thank uh, you. Uh, the, the song is Psychon's Gone, Gonna Rise Again, which. Uh, we were talking off mic. I, I just love the way Dan does this because it's 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 got a nice, as you said, mountain feel to it. Uh, you I know, a lot of people kind of just kind of make it almost like a, a protest song, shouting almost at times. Uh, John McCutcheon does a lovely version of it. But, he does a lovely version. Yeah. That's where I first heard and fell in love with the song. But I kind of wanted to take it back to its mountain yeah. roots and its and its feel and and give it that timeless quality that I think the song has that makes it such a good song to begin with. And you can do all of those other things, but I thought it, it would be good to just mm -hmm. do a stripped down one guy, one banjo yeah. version of that song. Lovely job. And, and you know, yes. it's, you said timeless version and that's what 
I think all of these songs are, uh, even the traditional songs, they're, they're timeless, but yet you, you kind of contemporize it in, in a way that makes it part of you. I mean, um, I, I've, I've heard your previous albums. We've, we've all heard your, your work with um, Utah Phillips and the Gene Ritchie compilations. And it, it expresses your own personality, and that really comes across in, in each of these recordings. Even though some of these songs aren't your own, you kind of make it your own, and that's, uh, that's I a, a, I a do tough write trick. songs, but I am a big believer in uh, getting away from the tyranny of the idea that everybody needs to be a singer songwriter. For right. one thing, as a songwriter, the best compliment in the world to me is when somebody else sings one of my songs, and that's never going to happen if everybody has to be a singer songwriter. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but the other thing is. Uh, I truly believe there's as much of artistry in interpreting a song as there is in in writing one. Absolutely. I I just did a review on my my sing out blog of the new album from John Roberts and Deborah Cowan and you know Deborah has been asked uh, what kind of songs do you write and she goes terrible ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because she she is you know she's an interpreter of songs. And, right. And 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 that's kind of a lost art. Uh, and John does the same thing, you know. They they bring out these songs. They they still make them part of their own persona, and and, and you do the same. You have a, you've got a wonderful message here and wonderful instrumentation, which, as you said before, you, you did all this in your own own basement studio. So. All that in my own basement studios. Now, then I had Charlie Pilzer at Airshow uh, to make it actually work and do the mixing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the initial recording mm-hmm. there, and then went to Charlie, and he said, "Oh, you should have." You should have been further away from the microphone on that song. Uh, you, know, you should have done this differently. And he's right. And with every recording I do, I learn a little bit more about how to do these. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, and especially you know, some of the ones that you've done, the compilations. I imagine working with so many different artists, um, you pick up a lot of different things that way. As uh, Kendall Moore said when we were working on the, uh, on the uh, Utah Phillips album, it's, it's like trying to wrap two watermelons together in wax paper. <laughs> That's Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He also said it's like trying to pull a bobcat off a wool blanket. Oh, I love that. Oh, he's a wonderful... You just did a concert with I just with did him, a concert yeah. with Kendall, which was a treat. Kendall, for those who, who don't know, is a phenomenal musician and storyteller from down east Maine. And um, in recent years, he hasn't been able to sing mm-hmm. because he's lost his voice to uh, throat cancer. And he, he can kind of croak things out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been very reticent to perform. So when he brought up the idea of uh, himself, Jackie, his wife... And me doing a concert together, I jumped at the opportunity. Yeah. And we had a, a phenomenal time. I think the best thing about the whole evening was afterwards, Kendall saying, maybe I can keep doing this after all. Oh, I hope so. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad, glad to hear that. And, and for those of you at home, maybe I'll bring some Kendall in next time because he did record some wonderful albums. And I understand he's got a book out now, too. Yeah, he's got a, a, his second book. He the had book, he already yeah. had a book, uh, uh, Stories in the Kitchen, and the new one is Father Fell Down the Well, which, uh-huh. is, which is a um, another collection of uh, Downey's stories, which are, of course, in perfect taste. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> well, th- speaking of perfect taste, uh, I, I want to play another cut from here. That, uh, a song that you did write. Mm-hmm. It, it's called One Last Look Behind, and it features you on the auto harp. The auto harp's a unique instrument. Uh, not everybody plays it. How did you get drawn to that? It was actually the first instrument that I picked up. I really? was 10 years old. I asked for it for my birthday, and uh, and my folks obliged, and uh, and I, I learned it. You know, I, like everybody else, I'd played it in elementary school. I thought it would be easy, but then I worked with it and listened to other people and, and taught myself to play it properly. 
loaded up the pickup With everything would fit And headed out on I-65 It's hard to leave a place you've known all of your life But some things you got to do of my days but I'm too old to work and the kids have gone away There was nothing left to do when the debt could not be paid Pack our things sell off the farm Father cleared this land in 1865 when he came home from the bloody school with his sons and daughters he worked the soil they did not have money but they knew they were not Passed the land to my grandfather My father down to me And I meant to pass it to my son But I guess the times have changed You left the farm, went to school And got him a degree I'm proud of him, you know I am But it hurt to see I should have known One day I'd have to go But I never did Till the banker told me no So we sold the farm And drove away With one last look behind We're headed for the city now A world that is not song one last look behind uh from our guest today dan shots 
And Dan, you you were saying that you wrote that in college, which uh, was like I said, only uh, two or three years ago. So uh. yeah, that was twenty three. Yeah, wow, wow, what a what a wonderful job! And you have some great songs here. Uh, by the way, for the listeners just tuning in, this is eighty nine point one WFUTNEC, the global voice of Fairleigh Dickinson University. I'm Ron Alesco, and my guest today is Dan Schatz, and we're playing selections from his beautiful new CD, "The Promise of the Sewing." It's on Folk Legacy Records. And uh, Dan has been a guest on our show before. We we had him on, um, I guess it was when you, your first album came out, but we also were talking about Utah Phillips because you, you yep, were a producer just... of that wonderful compilation, Singing Through the Hard Times, a tribute to Utah Phillips, which was nominated for a Grammy. And also, uh, you've done the, uh, last year you released uh, Dear Gene, Artists Celebrate Gene Ritchie. And I put that to, I co-produced that one with uh, Mick Lane and Charlie Pilzer. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. wonderful jobs on both of those uh, those collections, and you know, I was especially glad. I know when Utah Phillips when we started doing that, Utah was still with us, but unfortunately, he, he passed away. Before, he passed away before it was finished. Yeah. He he knew it was happening. He appreciated it, but it hadn't gotten as far as him being able to hear much of it. Yeah, yeah. but at least it's Jean got to hear it uh, before she she passed. Oh, it was one of the most wonderful things in the world was being able to hand that CD to her. And what we did was we had a big concert in Berea. Kentucky, where she lived in the last few years of her life. For those who don't know, Jean had a stroke mm. about five years before she died. Right. Maybe not quite that many, but uh, about that. And, uh, and she, she was aware. She was you know, somewhat confused some of the time. You know, she'd had that stroke, and she lived a very quiet life down in Berea. She was basically content and happy, um, but she did miss the music, and mm. she had mentioned to McLean that she was afraid all of her old friends uh, from the folk music community were going to forget about her. Uh-huh. I can't imagine anybody who ever came into contact with no. Jean Ritchie <laughs> forgetting about her, but, but, you know, one of the most important things when you're that old, and she was in her 90s, was, is to be kept in the circle of the living. So uh, we came up with this idea of doing the CD, um, she had mentioned once to me uh, that she so loved the Utah CD, which she was a part of, and hoped that maybe someday somebody might do something like that for her. And we thought, well, why wait till she's gone? Right. So we put that together. And uh, when we did the concert, um, uh, Kathy Matea sang and Susie Glaze and John oh. McCutcheon. Some of the rest of us kind of got up and sang around the edges. It was basically those three. And we were able to hand Jean the very first copy of Dear Jean, um, and it was just a really wonderful thing, and and the concert and the CD made a a real impression. She listened to it all the time, and that just meant so much, you know, to her, it meant a huge amount to all of us, because we knew that we had succeeded. We had kept her um, in the circle of living. I think one of the most powerful things that happened was the very first thing that happened in that concert was when they wheeled Jean in to her front row seat. there was a standing ovation that was a minute long. Oh, that's beautiful. And Mick leaned over to her and said, can you feel the love now, Gene? Uh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps hearing about it. Yeah. She, uh, she's somebody who will definitely not be forgotten. And I think this album is going a long way to uh, keep her spirit alive and, and, and introduce her to new generations, uh, people who may check out the album because they know one or two of the artists on there are going to discover this this incredible woman and and i hope they will check out her albums and 
wonderful books too singing family of the cumberlands that is one of the best books ever oh. written it's just a phenomenal book and her own recordings um now i have to say i love every recording that's on dear gene but you know then i go back and listen to the original yeah. gene ritchie recordings and i i just you know that is a level of uh musicianship and um well i mean it's real this yes. is the music she sang as a little girl so there's a connection there that the rest of us um, only half by a thread, but she left us that thread to hold on to and to follow. Right. We're having a memorial concert for her uh, in New York, yes. um, and I can't give you all the details. It'll be sponsored by the Folk Song Society of New York on November 20th, um, and I'll hold off saying who's going to be in the concert until things are firmed up a little more. We know some of the people, but not all of them. Um, but uh, it'll be a number of people who love Jean getting together and singing uh, and uh, they won't all be Gene Ritchie songs. Mm -hmm. Some of them will. Um, but, you know, Gene and George, George Pickow, Gene's husband, um, always said that they, they really preferred concerts to funerals. So <laughs> we're going to have a concert to remember Gene. Oh, that's lovely. So let's remember that date, November 20th, New York City. Um, the Folk Song Society of New York will be t uh, sponsoring it. And, uh, of course, we'll keep you posted uh, on this program as, as we get closer and more details are available. I can't speak, but I, I know some of the, what we were talking about off mic, and it's going to be an exciting event, so you're not going to want to miss it, November 20th. Well, Dan, uh, again, I, I want to thank you for coming by today. and uh, Thank you for inviting me, Ron. It's always I, a pleasure. I, I especially want to thank you for recording this album, The, the Promise of the Sewing. Um, it's just a, a remarkable collection and I think it's the way folk music is meant to be. I mean, these are songs that tell stories, um, have a theme, have a, an idea, and it, it really moves the listener. And um, I think we need to hear, hear more albums like this, and I hope you'll be recording more as, in the well, years to come. thank you. And may I say you have exceptional taste. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, it means a lot because I know that you do. I, you know, I listen to the show online, and I listen coming in, and, and um, it's, uh, it's a real, real honor to, uh, oh. to have that that kind of support thank you well well the honor is all mine and uh let's remind our listeners once again uh this album is available on folk legacy records and you can go to their website at folk-legacyrecords.com actually it's just folk-legacy oh it's just folk oh okay don't listen to me listen to dan <laughs> folk-legacy.com and dan your website is danshots.com which is s-c-h-a-t-z perfect and uh again it's called the promise of the sewing uh, we're going to end our little visit today with uh, a Gene Ritchie song, appropriately. And this is one called Now is the Cool of the Day, which is one of my favorite songs that Gene wrote. Uh, you did a little something differently with this one, though. Well, it's often done a cappella, and I did it with a little banjo accompaniment. I had originally worked up that accompaniment because I was playing at the opening ceremonies of uh, the Unitarian Universalist General Assembly in Kentucky a few years back. Um, the theme of the assembly was covenant. I said, have I got a Kentucky song <laughs> for you? Um, but I, I knew that I was going to be playing in this cavernous convention center, and acapella just wasn't right. quite going to do it. So I worked out this banjo accompaniment. Um, Reggie Harris was part of that chorus and, um, and sang some amazing harmonies. So I asked him and Reggie to come uh, and be part of the harmony on this. And then we added, we had many, many people sing on this song, and... and um, uh, so we, we combine sort of those two styles of doing it with the instrumentation, but also with the rich harmonies that the song is kind of known for. Okay, well, we're going to listen to that right now. Again, 
Dan Schatz, thank you so much for coming by today. And again, thank you. The name of the album is called The Promise of the Sewing Folk Legacy Recordings. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again in November and uh, hopefully back here on the show real soon. Thank you so much, Ron. My Lord, he said unto me, Do you like my garden so fair? You may live in this garden if you keep the grasses green. And I'll return in the cool of the day. Now is the cool of the day. Now is the cool of the day. This earth is a garden, the garden of my Lord. And he walks in his garden in the cool of the day. Then my Lord, he said unto me, Do you like my garden so pure? You may live in this garden if you keep the waters clean. And I'll return in the cool of the day. Now is the cool of the day. a garden, the garden of my Lord, and he walks in his garden in the cool of the day. And my Lord, he said unto me, Turn in the cool of the day. Now is the cool of the day. Now is the cool of the day. This earth is a garden, the garden of my Lord, and he walks in his garden.
garden so free You may live in this garden If you keep the people free And I'll return in the cool of the day Now is the cool of the day Now is the cool of the day This earth is a garden A garden of my Lord And He walks in His Now is the cool of the day. Beautiful song. That's the song that ends this uh, CD that we've been talking with uh, Dan Schatz about. Uh, the album is called The Promise of the Sewing. And again, it's available on Folk Legacy Records, uh, also on Dan's website, danschatz.com. That's S-C-H-A-T-Z.com. Check it out. And again, I, my thanks to Dan for, for coming over to the studio today and, and sharing some lovely songs from this, this collection. You'll be hearing more from it. I guarantee it. I'm Ron Alesco, and this is Traditions on WFUFM.